All right, well, we are back another week to do five minutes of grateful. So we've got five grateful minutes. And how cool is it that we get to celebrate Mr. Mark Poor, even after he did offering and all of that today. It's an overdose of Mark today. This is the Mark Show. Welcome. So glad you could be here. Um, no, we, we thought it was perfect timing because we wanted to let all of you guys know all that he does for us here um, and just get to celebrate who Mark is and his family. And how perfect is it? We are like, wow, we might as well. We've got a few different aspects. We'll let Mark do it. And it's such a great morning. So we were so grateful that you were willing to do that. How long have you been at the Power Place? Um, Eight and a half years. Eight and a half years. So Mark and his family have been part of the foundation of the Power Place from the beginning. They have been here, all of their family. They've served in, in tons of different ways. And Mark is actually our head usher. And so he's here, and he, he deals with all the ushers and all of that. So Mark, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to the Power Place, and maybe a little bit about what you do. Okay, so uh, Mark Poor, a little bit about what I do. I, I work for DuPont, and I'm a supply chain manager, and that usually leaves blank fa faces because nobody knows what that means. Um, I'm a supply chain manager. I'm responsible for making sure that for the products that I'm responsible for are um, sourced all the raw materials, produced, uh, quality checked, done safely, and in the warehouses, ready to sell to our customers uh, per the forecast that our sales and marketing team um, gives. So it's exciting. It gets me involved in a lot of different things, and it's, it's fun. Uh, we came to the Power Place. Um, God uses, has used DuPont in my life as a tool, all right? And, and God has used DuPont to move us um, four times, we're four different locations. And um, so we moved here eight and a half years ago. And uh, my wife uh, grew up at uh, Assembly of God, and ever since, uh, before we met, actually, I've been attending Assembly of God churches, and uh, she looked online, and you guys were just planted, like, within three years before, and found it online, and uh, we visited a couple local churches, but once we came to the Power Place, that was it. It was in the basement of the American Legion building. The, uh, the air conditioner had frozen days. up. And it was 120 degrees down there. Oh my and I was the only person in the room in a suit coat. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, like I said, they have been foundational uh, partners with the Power Place from the beginning. So, Mark, why don't you take us through a typical Sunday uh, when you get here, maybe even a little bit before. Take us through what you do for us here at the Power Place. So, currently, uh, with the Usher team, uh, during the week, I make sure that we have our ushers lined up and scheduled um, there are five ushers per Sunday, and we try to rotate once a week, so we try to maintain at least like 20 guys as part of our usher team, and they're amazing, I'm so grateful for them. Um, they're always quick to respond, I mean, things happen with our work and different things, and people are always willing to pitch in at the last minute and fill in a slot. Uh, we try to get here uh, for the volunteer meeting by about 9.20, and then we um, get the rundown from one of the staff members around if anything unusual is going on, <laughs> like that ever happens at the Power Place. Um, because our job is to really kind of make sure that as you come in, um, you have the most distraction-free, 
a welcoming environment to come into so that there's nothing distracting you from hearing whatever God has for you. So we get lined up. Uh, we get whatever things we need to convey to you, pass out at the doors, get in the doorways. We try to greet you as you come in. And then we do the obvious things that you see us do with collecting the offering and passing out the water. But also we're trying to just keep an eye and see whether anyone needs anything. And that's, that's the tricky part of it where uh, we, try to, we try to anticipate a need, either of the staff or someone in the congregation. And if you need help getting in a seat or something happens, you know, you have a small child and you need to get out, we'll try to help you with your bags, whatever, uh, just to make it as, as seamless as possible. Yeah, one thing I will say about Mark and his team is they are problem solvers. If there is ever anything that I think through, I'm like, oh, I forgot this, or oh, we need this to happen, and I'm not sure how it's going to happen, I'll go to Mark and be like, hey, can you help me? And he is just the most major problem solver that we have. It's such a cool uh, thing to have somebody that you know you can rely on, and Mark and his family are definitely those people. Uh, and so we are so grateful for all that you do. This has just I remember your first week doing communion. <laughs> I forgot. So she stood here and didn't have any of the elements. <laughs> I'm talking about communion, and I didn't have any communion elements. And so at Mark noticed that I was like, okay, now we're going to take the elements, and I don't have anything. So he actually brought stuff over to me very discreetly. I bet none of you even noticed because he was aware and did it before I had to say anything. So, yeah, we are so grateful for you and your family. And uh, you've been such a foundational player in this. Do you have anything that you're grateful for? Yeah, I'm so grateful of what the, everything that the Lord's done in my life. But probably the most primary thing that I'm grateful for that the Lord's done in my life is give me an amazing wife. Now, y'all have probably seen Jan, and she works at the cafe and everything, but she doesn't like to be the center of attention. But she's going to hate me for this. But Jan, come here. <laughs> You see, this is the most patient, long-suffering woman because <laughs> as of Tuesday, day after tomorrow, we will be married 25 years. Thank you, Mark. Give it up for Mark and his family. It's awesome. Like I said, we love getting moments to celebrate what's happening uh, with the people here at the Power Place. What an incredible morning this has been already. And again, I get the privilege to introduce uh, our speaker today, Pastor Greg. I've had a lot of conversations with, I call him Uncle Greg. And if you ever have a conversation with me, I probably say, oh, you know Uncle Greg. And then people are like, wait, who? Oh, yeah, Pastor Greg. Same thing. Uncle Greg, Pastor Greg, same difference. But I've had a lot of conversations over the years with Uncle Greg, but a conversation a little over a year ago actually changed my life, and it's the reason that I'm standing here today, that I'm at the Power Place, and so I'm so grateful for not only the conversations that we've had throughout, uh, throughout my life, but just for how you've poured into me and how you've believed in me and supported me. I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to be here and to be under your leadership. You are an incredible leader, an incredible pastor. And so would you give it up for Pastor Greg? 
Thank you, Tori. Listen, you're easy to believe in. <laughs> what a blessing she is. Uh, God is using her. Thank you, sir. In amazing ways in our young adult ministry, and I'm just thrilled that, that she has come alongside of us here. So why don't you ever see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're really good at it. <laughs> have, you, have you heard the rumor going around about butter? Ah, never mind. I better not spread it anyway. <laughs> what? These are gifts to me from this congregation, I'm telling you. So what happens when a cow fails at jumping a barbed wire fence? Utter destruction. <laughs> bad. Bad, bad, bad. So as I'm, I'm sure you have as well been praying for those in San Bernardino and, and around the world as well. Let me just say to us as a church, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And may we never succumb to the fear of the enemy. Because fear paralyzes. Fear causes you to act in a way that is ungodly. God doesn't plant fear in our hearts. In fact, he says in the Bible... 366 times, fear not. Fear not. Do not fear. 366 times, one for every day plus leap year. I, I think he wants us to not fear. And so what is our response? We, we pray. We pray the details. We give things to God. And we share the peace that God has placed in our hearts with those who have fear. Right? I mean, this is the time when, when we have the answers that our world needs, and may we be that to those around us. Amen. Well, I decided to be a base today. And um, I think I'll go real low. I was interested to see this this week that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, y'all know who he is, Facebook guy. Um, he wrote a letter to his new daughter, Max. And in that letter, he said, Max, like all parents, we want you to grow up in a world better than ours today. We will do our part to make this happen. Not only because we love you, but also because we have a moral responsibility to all children in the next generation. Max, we love you, feel a great responsibility to leave the world a better place for you and all children. And one of the lines I loved in this letter, he said, over the long term, seeds planted now will grow. And he put his money where his mouth is and is donating 99% of his Facebook shares 
like $45 billion. It's interesting that the world even feels this responsibility of captives no more. And how much more should we as a church come together and say, you know what? We have a moral responsibility to the next generation. Let's do what we can do. Amen. So we're in this series called Grateful. Are you grateful today? And we said grateful is an adjective. It's a describing word. And, and I guess the question we've asked ourselves is, does grateful describe us? Does grateful describe me? Is it who I am? Because none of us came out of the womb grateful. Right? You didn't come out going, Mom, I love you. Thank you so much for giving me. Wow. I'm just so thrilled to be here because... You blessed me. Now we go, I want to eat now. Change my diaper now. And, you know, you, you got to teach your kids gratefulness. We did. What do you say? Thank you. We taught them gratefulness, our children, because unexpressed gratitude is actually ingratitude. I remember my mom saying to my sister all the time, pretty is as pretty does. You know what that means. You may look nice on the outside, but if you're nasty on the inside, you ain't pretty. You got some junk going on, and it, it's covering up the nice stuff on the outside. Right? You ever met somebody like that? And we need to get a hold of that as a young child, as a, as a young person. And, and let me just say this. I would like to say grateful is as grateful does. And may God help us to become grateful. Even, you know, I, I think if, if gratefulness describes us, then it should describe us at all times. Like even when you're at a restaurant and the waitress brings you something, something to be grateful for, right? Somebody's serving you. Somebody has blessed you, even if it's a small thing. There should be this attitude of gratitude. We talked about a few weeks ago, honor, honor up, honor down, honor all around. And, and gratefulness is a part of honor. And so may the Lord help us. And the reality is we can actually train ourselves to be grateful. Okay, you, you may say, well, my parents didn't take the time to say, come on, be grateful. Okay, train yourself. In fact, Paul said to his son Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7, I, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives, wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. And if you can train yourself to be godly, you can train yourself to be grateful. He goes on and he says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. We got an eternal life coming. And y'all know we're not just going to sit up on clouds playing harps. Right? I mean, you do know that, right? 
That's not in the Bible at all. Jesus said, you're going to be in charge of stuff. You've been faithful with a little here. I'm going to give you more there. You'll be working in heaven. You're not going to be bored. I can tell you that for sure. In fact, my mom never let us be bored. It was a nasty word in our house. And just like you can train yourself to be godly, you can train yourself to be grateful. Train, train your eyes to be good finders. Look for the good. You can always find what you're looking for. That's what I've noticed. I mean, I can walk into any place, meet with anybody, and I can always find what I'm looking for. If you've got faults, I can find them if I'm looking for them. But if you've got qualities that are good, I can find them if I'm looking for them. And when we look, we train our eyes to be good finders. Because the only thing that's different between a negative person and a positive person is what they see. So try to see things in your life like Joseph did. He said, you meant this for evil, but God had a whole different plan. You tried to do me harm, but God in the midst of that choice of yours brought me blessing, brought me actually here to bless you. What a vision, what, what eyesight. He had good finders in his eyes. Because some of us, we, we make the mistake of turning a, a, a chapter of our life into the story of our life. And when we replay the past, we miss out on the present and we sabotage the future. I, I want to challenge us. Be a Joseph. Be a Joseph. See the good. See God in your situation, and thank him that he's working all things together for your good. That's why Paul said, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything. He didn't single out the good stuff. He said, in everything. Everything you're dealing with, everything that comes your way, give thanks, because God's got something good for you, even in the midst of that which looks disgusting. We said, create a grateful list. I shared with you on, uh, on our email list, one of these, this just inspired me, this grateful list. Grateful for early wake-ups. means I've got children to love. Grateful for a house to clean, because I've got a safe place to live. Grateful for laundry. That means I've got clothes to wear. Come on. I'm grateful for dishes to watch. That means I've got food to eat. And, and the list goes on and on. And the reason we can be grateful is because we see the reality. We're not looking just at the situation we're in. We're seeing beyond the situation to the blessings of God. Remember what the Lord has done for you. Dwell on the good. Get a mana jar. We talked about the mana jar where we put the miracles of God in a jar and we just pull them out every once in a while and just talk about the good things God has done. I was looking at my manager this week and remembered the, the tires that were given to me on my van that lasted over 100,000 miles. Because in, in, those, in those several year periods, I, we didn't have the money to buy new tires. And God said, it's going to bless you. I'm going to let those tires last. That's a miracle. I mean, I don't know too many people that are driving over 100,000 miles on their tires. 
That's a blessing of God. It's, it's God's miraculous provision. I looked in there again, and, and on one of the, uh, I have a little dollar bills in there, and, and on one of them I wrote on the back of the night that I got a knock on our door. We were here a year, I think, a year or so. We weren't getting paid, and uh, I had to go pick up our son, Elijah, at Bible college to drive across country, pick him up, bring all this stuff home. And we didn't have the money. And we've been praying, God, you know, we got to go. We don't want to put it on a credit card. If we have to, we will. But, Lord, you got to provide for us. I get a knock on the door. It's late at night. It's dark outside. Nobody knows where I live. And this is the early days of the church. And this lady shows up, and she's, she's bawling. And she's got money in her hand. She said, can I come in? I said, absolutely. you got money in your hand. Come on in. <laughs> she had been at a Christian bookstore, standing in line, waiting to check out, and the man behind her began to question her. The man behind her said, what church do you go to again? She told him. Reaches in his pocket, pulls out 11 $100 bills and said, God just told me, give this to your pastor. He'll know what to do with it. Seriously? And as she wept in, in our living room and, and shared that story with us, I was overwhelmed once again. The faithfulness of God. Now, has that always happened to me? I wish. I wish people knocked on my door all the time and gave me thousands of dollars. <laughs> But it was a desperate time in our life, and God knew we needed a miracle. He's faithful. I'm grateful because he's faithful. Say it with me. I'm grateful because he's faithful. Hallelujah. See the goodness of God in your life. Be thankful. And, and, and realize being grateful is a choice, right? As you train yourself, you got to train yourself to think on the good, to look for the good. You got to train yourself to, to be a good finder. Gratefulness will eventually become not just a list you write, it'll become a lifestyle you live. And Elijah reminded us last week that we have a choice to rejoice. Amen? We got a choice to rejoice. Your, your praise precedes your victory. And every thought is an action in training. So focus on the best. Praise the Lord in the midst of what life brings you. And let your praise shape your worries into prayers. That was a powerful Sunday last week. And in a prison cell in Rome, Paul the Apostle wrote this to the Colossian church. He says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. He's in prison. He should be griping and complaining 
about the situation, but he says, no, 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 no. Devote yourselves to prayer. Have an alert mind and a thankful heart. Another translation says, pray diligently, stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. I love that. We have much to be grateful for. Search for it. Look for it. Eyes wide open in gratitude. I'm reminded of a story about Dr. Alexander White, a great Scottish preacher. He was known for his profound pastoral prayers, which were marked by expressions of thanksgiving to God. One bitter cold winter morning in Edinburgh, in the midst of a hard driving rain, the two deacons who opened the church doors were talking to one another. The one said, I don't suppose Dr. White will ever have anything to say and give thanks for in a morning like this. But when Dr. White took the pulpit, his prayer began with these words, Oh God, we thank you that it's not like this always. <laughs> Amen. There's always something to be thankful for. Amen. I'm grateful because he's faithful. Thank you, Lord. And God is so faithful. He, he's given us his, his forgiveness that we couldn't earn. Romans chapter 4, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work. <laughs> not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Anybody had that? You've been forgiven. Your sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. If nothing else happens to you in your life and all you do is get forgiven for, of your sin, you got a reason to rejoice the rest of your life. Hallelujah. I'm grateful because he's faithful. Again, writing from a prison cell with no Thanksgiving turkey on his plate. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians, I've learned, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Been there, been there, been well-fed, and I've been hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What's the secret? I can do everything through Christ. When he's on my side, when he lives in me, he gives me the strength that I need. And I want to encourage you, don't let the temporary conditions of your life dictate a permanent perspective. I'll say that again. Don't let the temporary conditions of your life dictate a permanent perspective. Because you can get stuck somewhere. You don't need to get stuck. You need to realize God is good. He's faithful. And don't, don't compare someone else's highlight reel to your behind the scenes. Isn't it easy to do that? I mean, social media, you know, everybody's posting their highlight reel. Oh, I went here. I did this. I'm this. Look at me now. I've lost 100 pounds. And, and check out the food I just ate. 
It was the most amazing meal ever. <laughs> and now I'm jetting off to here, and I'm going there. And, and you're like, really? I just got out of bed. <laughs> Shall I post that? <laughs> Selfie, I got out of bed. Look. Oh, I'm nasty looking. Oh. Now, there are people who share all kinds of junk, right? But, but here, the reality is everybody's putting their best out there. Check out my best. Look at my best. And we're sitting there going, oh, my life doesn't even compare. It shouldn't compare. There's no reason to compare. Comparison always sets you up for failure. And comparison makes us less grateful. Um, Comparison can create an ungrateful spirit in us. We become less satisfied with what we have, where we are, how we've been blessed, because the more we compare, the less satisfied and grateful we are. In Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 9, the wise man said this, enjoy what you have. Tell your neighbor that. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. You're never going to catch the wind, okay? Quit chasing it. Just enjoy what you have instead of desiring what you don't have. Be grateful for what you've been blessed with, what you have. And when we're grateful, it turns what is before us into enough. When we're grateful, it turns what is before us into enough. Remember this. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. Amen. Marriage experts Lesson Leslie Parrott write, Fawn Weaver, founder of the Happy Wives Club website, says, the doors of happiness remain locked. When they're unlocked, they swing open quickly and widely, but close right behind them. They must be reopened throughout each day, and there is but one key that fits that lock, gratitude. Studies have proven this to be true. A growing body of research has tied an attitude of gratitude to numerous benefits. Here's what the Wall Street Journal summarizes it as. Adults who frequently feel grateful have more energy, more optimism, more social connections, more happiness than those who do not. They're also less likely to be depressed, envious, or greedy. They earn more money, sleep more soundly, exercise more regularly, and have greater resistance to illness. Not a bad bundle of benefits, I'd say. But there's even more astounding and measurable benefit to our well-being when it comes to cultivating gratitude. After doing research involving thousands of people, Dr. Robert Emmons, who has been studying gratitude for more than a decade, is considered by many to be the world's leading authority on gratitude, says this. Studies show that practicing gratitude can increase happiness levels by around 25%. All just from being grateful. When you cultivate an attitude of gratitude, you change into a different person. Your happiness levels grow. By 25%. Not bad. Right? Could your marriage use a little bit more happiness? Could your job site use a little more happiness? Your relationships. All you got to do is begin to be grateful for what God has blessed you with. The more grateful, 
the more happy. It's impossible to separate gratitude from happiness. You can't have the one without the other. And it's impossible to exaggerate what gratitude can do to boost the level of happiness in your life. So, be grateful. The psalmist David in Psalm 103 says this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Not just a portion of me, not just my Sunday person. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. And never forget, he forgives all my sins. You can just stop right there. I'll praise him the rest of my life because he forgives all my sins. He goes on and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. I'm a good finder. I'm noticing the good things he's filled my life with. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Even, even pausing in front of your meal just to say thank you. Not to pray the calories out. Right? <laughs> Not to ask for much, just to say, Lord, thank you. I'm able to eat today. It's because you provided for me. You've given me the strength to work, to make money. You've given me the ability to gain wealth. I thank you, Lord, that you have brought provision into my life. And you take a moment just to be grateful. Not so somebody can see you and say, oh, they must be a Christian. No, just to be grateful and to thank him. He says, my youth is renewed like the eagles. I'll never forget the good things he's done for me. The eagle, did you know this? The eagle is given new feathers at every stage of its life. Feathers that are fitting for what it's getting ready to go through next. And the psalmist says, I'm being renewed. My youth is renewed like the eagles. In every season of my life, God is giving me what I need for the season I'm in. And i got to tell you, gratitude, remembering, praising him helps unlock those benefits. I, if you've known me long, you've known that I've told a few of my stories. But there have been some major, um, what I would call moments of great despair in my life. When I was a youth pastor in Iowa, I contracted mono and hepatitis. It was a double whammy that put me out for six weeks. I thought I was going to die. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Finally, they, they narrowed it down to those two things and said, you just need to rest. I couldn't get off the couch. I slept on the couch. I, I laid on the couch all day long, had no energy, no, no ability. I thought I was going to die. And, and yet... Through praise and thanksgiving, I walked out of that. 
there was a moment in my, about 20 years ago, where I woke up on my birthday and was pinned down with the greatest depression I've ever felt in my life. I'm not a depressed guy. I thought that will never happen to me. I didn't want to get out of bed. I wanted to die. I wanted somebody to kill me. I don't think I was suicidal. Was I? No. I mean, you were there. I don't think so either. But I did want to die. Because I thought there was no life ahead of me at the point I was in. There was a, a time when, when we first planted this church. We were in the red clay room. And every Sunday, I would roll out of bed and crawl downstairs so I could preach on Sunday morning. And I would crawl back up the stairs, try to lift myself up into bed. Found out later I had Lyme disease. They couldn't diagnose it again. I don't know what it is about diagnosing me. but <laughs> And I thought, Lord, am I stuck here for the rest of my life? You brought me here to Chester County, to Kenneth Square, and what? I'm, I'm just going to function at 10% of my life? But through thanksgiving and praise, remembering what he's done for me in the past, realizing that he has great things for me in the future, even if I die, my future is bright. Come on. There have been moments where I wondered, is there life after this? I had my heart attack, diabetes, and they, they took away everything that tasted good in my life. <laughs> it's disgusting. And um, I, I, still, I still say, with gratitude and praise, we've come out of all of this. With gratitude and praise, I have seen the light of day. The psalmist David said this. He wrote it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And sometimes you got to command blessings and, and gratitude out of your life. Sometimes you got to just go ahead and say to your soul, come on, do something right here. Do what you know you, you got to do. Give thanks to the Lord for he's good. Give thanks to the Lord. Give praise to his holy name. Remember what Elijah said last week. You have a choice to rejoice. We got a choice to make. Our praise precedes our victory. And every thought is an action in training. Let all that you are praise his holy name. Let gratefulness erupt in praise. Hallelujah. That was pretty weak, but I'll take it today. Here's what the psalmist David declared, 1 Chronicles 16. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he's good. His faithful love endures forever. It's a call to gratitude, but it doesn't come from any specific experience necessarily. 
Gratitude comes from reflection on God himself, who he is. He's good, he's faithful, and enduring gratitude arises from this type of reflection. When we rely on specific moments and experiences only, when we only praise him for the miracles that he's done, when we only praise him for the good things that come our way, we can shortchange ourselves. I mean, I'm grateful because he's faithful, even in the good times, even in the bad times. He's faithful even when my circumstances are telling me otherwise. Psalm 136, we're going to look at this in a moment. It, it models thanksgiving beautifully. The psalm opens with this command, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. That's it. He's good. If you got nothing else, just because of his character of goodness, give thanks to him. And the rest of the psalm is a joyous declaration of the ways that God intervened in Israel's history always punctuated by the exclamation, his faithful love endures forever. Let's read it together. Psalm 136, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love you know, we all want a miracle, right? But we don't want to be in a situation where we need one. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. We want to see miracles, but the reality is when we need a miracle, we're in trouble. But his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful and the moon and stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. Hallelujah. And David continues to tell all the miracles the Lord did for them. The stuff in the wilderness, the Red Sea, talks about the kings that were overthrown, the evil kings that tried to stop them. And then he ends this corporate psalm of thanksgiving in verse 23. He says, he remembered us in our weakness. In our weakness. See, if you're strong... I'm good, right? But in our weakness, he remembered me. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Psalm 136 was written to be used in corporate worship. It's a review of the past works of God and how he created the world, how he rescued his people, how he provided for them. And generations after these events occurred, God's people continued to tell the stories over and over and over again. And through the retelling of these stories, gratitude became a corporate, multi-generational act. The elders of the community were always passing on memories and gratitude to a new generation. Storytelling was constantly considered 
morally essential. It wasn't mere entertainment. It was discipleship. It formed the way in which young men and women understood God and interpreted the world, telling true stories of the wonder and work of God as the way one generation instills gratitude in the next. And I ask you today, what are we passing on to the next generation? What stories of God's faithful love that endures forever are you passing on to your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids? Jeannie Cunyon writes, God exhorts us to give thanks in all circumstances, not because he needs to hear thank you, but because he knows that thankfulness changes the trajectory of our hearts. She says, however, the human tendency is to look at everything we don't have, demand more, to be happy, when ironically happiness is not found in acquiring more, but in being more thankful for what we've already been given. She says, for example, I recall an afternoon my husband and I were driving our three boys to the beach. We were passing by beautiful homes that sit right on the water's edge with glorious views of the sound without realizing, she says, I found myself thinking out loud, look at that one, honey. Could you imagine how amazing it would be to wake up to that view every day? That's my dream house. Immediately, my eight-year-old chimed in. Yeah, why can't we live there, Dad? That one's so much bigger and better than ours. She says, ouch, I knew what I'd just done, and conviction hit me to the core. Hey, boys, I replied, Mommy needs to apologize. I'm lacking thankfulness right now. God has given us a beautiful home. We are unimaginably blessed. But I just allowed myself to believe that what we have isn't enough and that happiness can be found in having more. Please forgive me. You see, gratefulness turns what is before us into enough. The psalmist David said, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. I'm grateful because he's faithful. In Hebrews chapter 13 through him then, through Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. You see, thankfulness that is unspoken is not really thankfulness at all. But true gratefulness comes from the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. We're going to praise him today. We're going to thank him today. Would you stand with me? The band's coming. We're going to thank the Lord with our lips today for all that he is, for who he is. If he never did another thing for us, we have so much to be grateful for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you just to lift your hands and your voices and just begin to thank and praise him, the one who alone is worthy of all praise. Glory to your name, Lord God Almighty. We thank you, Lord. There is none like you in all the earth. And we give you glory and praise today in this place. We position our hearts to a place of gratefulness. Lord, we want to say thank you for life. Thank you for breath. Thank you for health. Thank you for wealth, Lord. Thank you for food. Thank you for provision. 
Thank you for a roof over our heads. Thank you, Lord, that we can hear you, we can see you, we can speak, Lord. We can speak your praises. Thank you, Lord, that we have feeling today. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like you in all the earth. And we, from a heart of gratitude, will produce voices, fruit of our lips, giving thanks to your holy name. Awesome, Almighty God. We praise you in this place. Praise be to the name of the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forever, who reigns forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, we magnify your name. For you alone are worthy, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Let's sing this together. Close your eyes for a moment and, and just concentrate on the amazing love that God has for you. For God so loved you that he gave his only son to die for you. To pay the price for the penalty of your sin and mine. That's the love of God. And if our sins have been wiped away if we've got a clean slate because of Jesus' sacrifice, we've got a reason to shout. We've we got a reason to be joyful. We've got a reason to be thankful and grateful. But if you're standing here this morning and that hasn't happened for you yet, if you've never given your life to Jesus and let him clean you up, then you don't get this. But you can today. You can walk out of here free. You can walk out of here set free from your sin. Come on. If you want to accept that free gift of salvation, have your life absolutely wiped clean, a brand new start, I want you just to slip a hand up high this morning and say, Preacher, pray for me. I want in on this. I want that free gift of salvation. 
Hallelujah. All over this room, I'm looking. Yes, sir. Anybody else? I want in. I want Jesus to set me free. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So we're going to declare with our mouth today. Are you ready? Pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I declare with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in you, Lord. I believe that God came to set me free. And I received that free gift of salvation. Thank you for a brand new start. Thank you for new life in Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want you just to lift your hands and begin to thank him. Begin to thank him today. Thank him for that free gift of salvation. thing you got to come just as you are you can't get good enough you can't clean yourself up only Jesus can do that you let him in he'll do some house cleaning come on if you'll just let him in he'll clean you up that's not our job we're not here to clean you up we're just here to point you to Jesus when he comes in you let him take over stuff starts to change the junk starts dropping off your life your language changes your habits change your relationships change everything changes for the good because you let the creator who knows what he's doing in hallelujah that's the way to do it so so what do i do now well get involved in a church that preaches the word of god if you don't like this one find one okay Tell somebody what God's done in your life. And get a Bible. Start reading it. Yeah. If you don't have a Bible, we got one. We'll give it to you. All right. People here have invested. We want to give you a gift. Come and see me. We'll get you a Bible. And you can also go on our website. There's an essentials thing there, Next Step Essentials. You click on that, it'll take you through a whole bunch of stuff that'll help you be a blessing to you. Let's just once again lift our hands and thank Him this morning. Lord, we're so grateful. Grateful for your free gift of salvation. If you've never done anything else for us, Lord, that's enough. And we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Awesome God, you're worthy, Jesus. None like you, Lord. Oh, no. Hey. God, we thank you, Jesus. 
sing thank you, Jesus, just as I am, I pockets here get from the ushers a door hanger this is your official invite to somebody and register make sure you got a seat for the 20th and then pray about it this week say God what do you want us to do in this year in vision offering 100 people 20 bucks a week doable thank you Mark for sharing that with us today God bless you have a fabulous week we love you Go be Jesus with skin on to somebody.